0: All right, guys, before we start the podcast today, if you listened on Friday, I made a prediction that Top Gun Maverick was going to win Best Picture last night. And I was wrong. It was Everything Everywhere all at once. I hedged a little bit. I did say that I thought Everything Everywhere would probably win. But I really felt like, oh, man, maybe they'll have this Cinderella story ending of Top Gun Maverick, but didn't happen. But I'm happy for Everything Everywhere because that movie rules. Check it out if you haven't seen it. All right, let's get on with the show. Welcome to the rock fight where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. For a world built on the back of authentic acts performed outdoors, the outdoor industry peddles a fair share of bullshit to its consumers. There are obvious topics like greenwashing and issues with sustainability. There are brands like Puff and Drinkware who make pointless products and use the outdoor space as an on ramp to scale. And then there are opinion and fear-based ideals that are as pervasive as they are dated, like cotton kills, the phrase developed to warn noobs about the poor performance of cotton in cold and wet conditions that I dedicated a recent episode of this podcast to because I was astounded to learn it's still used often when guiding new outdoorsy folks how to prepare for their inaugural adventures. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes in case you missed it. There's just not a lot of nuance or acknowledgement of where 50 years of material innovation and apparel design advancements have brought us coming out of the face of our space, which, right or wrong, are the brands who make all of our stuff. It seems we simply can't move past talking about what's in the stuff and instead show how more amazing an experience can be enabled by using the stuff. A recent example of what I'm talking about comes from Rab, who announced a new line of adventure cycling apparel called Cinder with a marketing campaign designed to show off the high performance of its fabrics. But there is really nothing new about the silhouettes or materials that differentiates these products from anything that already exists, apart from the name stitched into the collar. And that's how they're pitching the line to the general public on their website. Cutting-edge technology to keep you warm, dry, and protected in the toughest mountain conditions. Really? Like more cutting-edge than the technology to keep me warm, dry, and protected in your long-running backpacking or mountaineering apparel? I have no beef with Rab. I've been a fan of theirs for a long time and have enjoyed using their products. And I don't want to diminish the obvious hard work that goes into the design, development, and production of a new line of products. And I also believe that everything in Cinder is probably awesome. It performs and fits well because that's what I expect from them. They've earned that, but it's also because these materials have performed well for a very long time. This is a timely example of a long-running problem facing outdoor brands. Figuring out how to break away from the way we've always done things, which in this case is to rely on technical specs to prove outdoor authenticity and move into a new phase of storytelling to a new generation of outdoor enthusiasts who don't need to be convinced that your stuff works because they've grown up in a world where the stuff always works. So Justin Hausman from Adventure Journal, our Monday morning guy, is back today to throw some stones with me and try to unpack this pretty complicated topic. I'm Colin True. This is the Rock Fight, and today I'm picking a fight with the bullshit in and around outdoor apparel. All right, we're here. We're back with Justin Hausman from Adventure Journal. Come on, a regular thing here, man. I like I like having you on every Monday morning.
1: Is it Monday? Is it Monday? we where, where, the, where they're listening to this. <laughs>
0: Recording on a Friday, but that's, that's fine. Right, it's going to air yeah. on Monday.
1: Please don't speak about Monday on Fridays. Call on that's
0: <laughs> the best day of the week. Monday. It's another chance to get out there and excel.
1: That's true. The, the, the rise and grind. That's me.
0: now as we proved, I don't go out on dawn patrol. I, I mm-hmm. just, uh, I just rise.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just grind. So that's fine. <laughs> I prefer not to rise if I don't have to. But I'll do my grinding and well, never mind. <laughs> anyway, so
0: the way Rab's marketing their new Cinder adventure bike line. Is indicative of most outdoor apparel and the way most outdoor you know, apparel and gear brands market. And I'm I'm not here just to shit on Rab. I promise. But it just I, 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 it it spoke to me when I saw all the the press in the last week around Cinder. I feel like I've been shouting this into a brick wall since my days working with brands at a supplier. But rarely is anything actually new. You know, if someone says they have a new form of Gore-Tex, it's It's really marketing spin. And I'm educating our listeners right now. Anybody who's not in the industry, it's truly marketing spin. Gore-Tex is PTFE. It's great at keeping you dry. It's technically not air permeable, but it's also an institution. So it looks great when you have Gore-Tex on the label. I mean, that's it. That's really what it comes down to. And it will keep you dry. If someone says they have a new base layer that can wick better than any other base layer, it's marketing spin any performance improvement that can be achieved is iterative to what already exists and is so minute that the wearer can't tell the difference and so to try on what i'm talking about you know i commented on the post about cinder and a pr representative kind of got back at me about what what's the difference between the uh what's in cinder and what's already out there and you know to their credit they they laid out all the details of what was going to be wonderful about the technical innovation of this line and they're, they're doing their job and kudos to them for doing that but you can really swap out Rab or Cinder or whatever, and insert pretty much any other outdoor apparel line and say mostly the same thing. And if they displace some other cycling brand or line, well, good for them. And I got to think that's kind of what they're trying to do. They're trying to enter the cycling space and they're doing it with, you know, a big push on the technical side of things. But really, if they displace anything, it's going to be good branding, not because of any real technical innovation. So that's a long way to get to as a journalist. You know who covers and evaluates gear and apparel? Like what is your reaction when you see a brand make a make big technical claims about their new stuff?
1: <sighs>
0: yeah, I went I went hard today.
1: well, you have an advantage because you work for Polartech, and all of my knowledge of these things actually comes from <laughs> marketing materials. <laughs> so but you use uh, it though.
0: you go out there and you use this stuff and you yes. can tell like if something how yes. something is supposed to feel or work,
1: yes. I mean, I, so obviously I wonder the same thing, right? Like, I mean, that I, I, I feel these emails all the time. When I used to go to OR, that was a big part of it. And I would say, I agree with you that like 90% of it, and I'm pulling that number out of thin air. I wouldn't be able to tell you what the difference is between this iteration versus last iteration. I I, I cannot honestly think of an example of a product short of like an iPhone or something where you're like, okay, this year's is like markedly different than last year's. And now now I'm warmer or now I'm less wet or whatever. I mean, that's true. I wonder Well, I shouldn't say you, you could probably, I'm wondering if you took something that was like 10 years old, and then something that was mutter, cutting edge now, a, a, a wicking base layer. Maybe you can. Maybe you can tell a big difference. It's possible that the that the iterations that you're talking about do add up to something that's significant.
0: It's usually but in I, the comfort level. Like you'll see mm-hmm. the baseline technical stuff. Like there was some the huge breakthroughs in the late '90s from a fabric point of view, and I'm talking mostly about apparel. I don't know as much about gear. I'll, I'll admit that, but. You know, and then it's like we learned how to make garments better and we learned mm-hmm. how to make it maybe softer and you know, you sort of, you know, maybe you start waving in Tencel and things like that to kind of give it a little more of a cottony feel but it still performs like a polyester garment would, right? So, you know, Gore-Tex gets less crunchy, those kinds of things, but it's still technically the the the, the baseline technology is the same. You know what I mean?
1: I I think you have to assume too that that most of these uh changes because they're they're always couched in like technological terms and 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 you know, what things that i you know gosh it's either like a copyrighted term or it's some sort of you know techno fiber thing you've never heard of i can't imagine that that makes a lot of sense to your average customer right i I could be wrong but i would think that like to me sure because i remember what last year's was called or something like that if you're pitching me on a rain jacket um but i don't know that your average person walking into an rei is going to have right. any idea what that what that means or you know i've been receiving a ton of stuff from from the um uh i don't know if they're their own brand or if this is a new kind of material that they can go on anything but that 37.5 stuff Do you know what i'm talking about yeah
0: formerly kakona
1: okay so of course you would know so yeah. you know i've been getting quite a bit like i have a pair of boots that have it in it i have a, mm-hmm. a really great hoodie that has it and that's a really good example like i i don't i couldn't I've, I don't know. I still don't know really what it does. Right. Like it could be right. revolution. It might be revolutionary. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what it does. You know, I really don't. I'm sorry, but I don't. And um, so, is and I'm a gear guy. So I don't know if your average consumer is going to be able to tell, I have a feeling they just show up and it's like, whatever's the, they know that the most expensive thing is probably the best. And the cheapest thing is probably the worst. And they pick whatever they're comfortable with budget wise. And they go with that. So, I mean, I think uh, like, a lot of this is probably just, I'm sure that there's a lot of excitement among brands, right? You come up with something that, that seems different or new and you're excited. So your marketing department's right. going to be excited and the PR people that you hired to to pitch it for you are going to be excited. So, I mean, maybe some of it of that is just sort of a, you're drinking your own sort of Kool-Aid or whatever. I don't know, but I mean- you No, know,
0: you're, you're actually spot on. I think it, that, that how consumers don't know, um, I can tell you like, Gore probably has the most consumer recognition uh, they see, but even then, you know, you talk to anyone working on the floor at an REI, and I guarantee you, the consumer will walk in who will pick up a Gore-Tex shell and say, "This will keep me warm." Right? Don't really quite understand what it does. Yeah. But for the, but there's a large understanding of that it'll keep you dry. Um, when I was at Polartech, definitely we had data that showed that a Polartech label would increase sell-through but didn't necessarily, you know, anytime I tell someone I work at Polar Tech, even if they're familiar with the name, they don't really know what Polar Tech is. And I imagine the 37.5 is kind of similar of like, anytime you can put a branded component or ingredient, a label in there, um, it's gonna be a, it's a good thing, but it's not necessarily like the, the consumer's not gonna be like, well, this has 37.5 and I know that, blah, 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 or Primaloft or whatever you want to say, right? Does
1: does anybody, I mean, like I'm thinking about, I'm a car guy. And like if you yeah. come up to me and start talking about different parts on a car, I'll know exactly what it does and why and why mm-hmm. it might be better than a different version and stuff like that. I'm wondering if there's anybody out there who's like truly fired up on these sorts of <laughs> di- like. Well, that's what I'm getting at is it's like, stuff. you
0: know, why? OK, and not again, I don't want to just pick on Rob. It's like, Rab, why did I, it seems odd to me? Like, OK, you're going you're all of this technical jargon for your new adventure cycling line. Like, why did I just talk about the experience, the things yeah. you can get to go see and do in here, and well, that by the way, this is all. I don't know that you talk about fit. Like, this is gonna be the best fitting cycling line you've ever had. I expect the fabrics to all work, right? Right.
1: So there's there's there are there are ways in which I do think that this sort of thing is valuable. You know, we're seeing a lot of advancements, or at least uh, companies talking about really working hard at getting away from like PFAS and stuff like that. Right. Like there right. are things that there are changes that do sort of make sense here and there, but I definitely think the, the ultra scientific fiber oriented ones really don't. I mean, I I agree. I think marketing departments would be better served kind of saying, look, we, we know that, you know, that this is going to keep you warm and dry, right? Like everything does in 2023. Like if it's, if it says it's water repellent, it's going to be right. Like, well, and I, so- I think
0: it, it's, it goes back to I mean, this. These innovations are really, I feel like what the industry is founded upon. I mean, what was the outdoor industry prior to the mid, you know early 70s when Gore-Tex was invented yeah. and that's Polish lease and that's, Polypro that's a and good it's point like, yeah well then you even throw thinsulate in there and then in the 70s and 80s the doors blew wide open for how we could go outside i think i may have even said it on this podcast but i i've off i often said you know growing up i was born in the 70s right so you know we would go out and my brother in the snow in central pennsylvania my brother would take socks and cut five holes in him and put him over his, mm-hmm. his his hand so the snow wouldn't get on his wrist because thumb holes weren't invented yet, right? That's not even a fabric innovation, that's a design innovation, but it was truly how long can you last in like winter conditions? And now a basic kit can keep you out as long as you want to. So it really is like, that's the backbone of how the industry yeah. was kind of founded. And it led to safer outdoor experiences and and, and the ability for you know Rab to create something like Cinder.
1: I, uh, because I've actually not really ever thought about it that way before, but um, kind of baked into the outdoor gear and apparel world is this idea that we're making it safer and more possible for you to do things because you're right. That's how it started, right? Like people, people were, people like Yvonne Schrenard were in their like garages figuring out how to make climbing gear, right? Yeah. Because it didn't exist. And so if you think about it, most of these brands started sort of that way. And it is baked into their DNA, right? Like if right. you're not making something that's better and making it more possible to do things, what are you doing? Anyway, uh, I do think that's an important point to make that um, maybe it's possible that these brands are just, they haven't really thought besides like, well, what else are we doing besides making things better and safer and, and faster and stronger? I mean, that's kind of what they started out doing. So that's interesting. Maybe that just requires a shift in the way that they're for sort of thinking about why they're making what they're making. I don't know. It's interesting. But then- you know, then this kind
0: of gets into the next thing I think we should talk about is natural fibers at that point, not just become irrelevant, but labeled as dangerous. And for good reason, I mean, there's times when you definitely don't want to be wet and cold in your cotton clothing, um, but, you know, and then Merino eventually claws its way into the conversation in the nineties. And I honestly feel like Merino is probably, you know, the best performing fiber that we have. I love Merino, but compared to the equivalent synthetic fibers, it's supply chain and it, and it's, uh it's very cost prohibitive. And then there is poor cotton, which I would never call a performance fiber, but there are plenty of circumstances where cotton performs just fine. So personally, though, what has your journey been through what I'm calling the land of plastic garments? You know, and where have you ended up on sort of the natural versus synthetics? You know, debate. We're not even debate. I don't even. It's a debate.
1: (laughs) It's just (laughs)
0: where it might be. I think it's a. We need to start the natural revolution. Maybe.
1: (laughs) Right. We'll make it. We'll get debate it right now. I mean, I um, I probably had the same journey that most people had, where. Um, you know, the first time I went backpacking, which I remember quite well, because I was pretty old, relatively speaking, I was in my twenties and I didn't know anything. And I just decided it would be fun to go hiking, um, and spend the night. And so I know, I, I, I don't remember everything. I do know that I was wearing jeans because a lot of my trip involved me being like in wet jeans and looking down at my jeans and soaked. So that's like burned into my, into my (laughs) brain. But, um, you know, I had, I had jeans. I probably had a cotton pair of shorts as well. Um, I had an old external frame backpack. I carried my um, water in a in a gallon jug. Um, my food was in the uh, gar- the you know brown paper bag. It came in from the grocery store. Like I mean, I just I just grabbed whatever I thought might be helpful. And I had an old cotton sleeping bag that was rolled up. You know, um, I tent probably weighed twenty pounds. I don't even remember where that came from, uh, but it was fine and I lived and it was fine. But I mean, so that was my first experience with thinking about what i have in the backcountry and from that though it was pretty apparent okay these clothes suck yeah (laughs) this tent sucked this backpack sucked and you just start kind of learning what's out there and it's at first you're super i mean maybe that's part of the marketing thing too at first you're super wowed by the technology you know you go into a store i mean at the time i didn't really have much money i bought all that stuff at an army navy surplus store for real that's and then you know, there was a. This is all in San Luis Obispo, and there's a store there. I'm pretty sure it's still there called Mountain Air Sports, and it's a great little um, independent. I think there might. Well, I think there's like two of them, but a mostly independent um, outdoor store. Oh, and then the Granite Stairway. God, that place is gone. That place was fantastic. God, imagine two little independent outdoor stores <laughs> in a town of like forty thousand people, nowhere near the mountains. But anyway, yeah. um, you know, I went into both of those places and was just wowed by the technology. You know, I didn't have anything that was down for a long time because I couldn't afford it. So I didn't have down jackets. I didn't have down sleeping bags. I didn't have any of that sort of stuff because it was expensive. And so, but you know, I, I kind of learned, okay, here's what polar tech means. Oh, this is what Gore tech means. Um, here's where I want waterproofing. Here's where I don't. So I would sort of build it up that way, but I, I you know, over the years as I could afford stuff, but I absolutely was bowled over by needing to get the most technological stuff I could. I mean, I mm-hmm. thought that was great. And then in more recent years, um, as I got more heavily involved and in backpacking became a pretty big part of my life and then started working in the outdoor media space, you know, things like Sil Nylon and Dynema, these like really f- like space age materials, I was just like, this is it, man. Like you need to get this stuff. Like you need to you know, I have a Dynema jacket that I think is like $700. That's a rain shell, you know, and Jeez. it's like, you got to have this thing, man. Like it gets down, it folds down to the size of like a thumbtack and, you know, it's, a, I can stick it behind my ear or whatever, you know, like it just so <laughs> like so amazing. And so I, and I really, I went hard for it. So there were definitely a period a few years ago where I was still in trail runners, probably before my big switch and, you know, with the super lightweight backpack. And You mean when super, you're doing it right. Yep. Keep going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and, and I was. I really, did. I thought that that would save me or that would, that would, uh, make me better. And I, I actually remember going backpacking, my wife and I, probably our first backpacking trip, we went with some friend, a friend of mine who was way more advanced. And, uh, we, you know, at this point we're, we're pretty good. We got some pretty good stuff. And, you know, she was, you know, with, a um uh, like a, like a trekking pole tent and these sorts of things. And I never yeah. seen that before. And I lifted her pack versus mine. And I was just like, oh my God, I have so much to learn. Like, I don't have any titanium in my backpack. Like what? <laughs> How am And you just, you know, it feels necessary. It really does. It feels like you have to have it or you're not going to have a full experience. Yeah. And she, that was the first time I heard the cotton kills thing. We got trapped in a, we're not trapped, but we got caught in a hailstorm on that trip. And I had a, I had a cotton hoodie and she just couldn't believe it. And, uh, and you know, cotton kills, cotton kills, cotton kills. Mm -hmm. And so that was driven home pretty, pretty good then. But that, you know, after doing it for 10 years or whatever, you, you kind of, maybe you forget to bring the synthetic jacket or, or, or whatever. I started hiking a lot in old button-down cotton shirts because I really like how breathable they are. And if it gets too hot, I just take it off. You know, a lot of times in the summer, I don't even wear a shirt when I'm backpacking, you know? So like, um, I just started doing things that felt a little bit more comfortable or like, I love I love jorts. I love cutoff jean shorts. So I usually bring a pair of those and I'll lounge in them or I'll hike in them. They're fine. You know, like it's fine. You wear, you wear synthetic underwear. It kind of matter what your shorts are. You know, like-
0: this was the point I was making on the Cotton Kills hot take I did a few weeks ago where it's like, and I didn't say this specifically on that, but like, do you all know how to check a weather forecast? I mean, yeah. we had the weather before, we really have the weather now. I have three apps on my phone that'll tell me the weather. It's like, oh, it's not going to rain. Like, yeah, yeah. I can, I can wear my jorts. It's okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean that's the thing is like I, you know, so I, I probably do it backward now or not mm-hmm. backward. Well, backward in terms of what I used to do, right? So it used to be I would I would pack assuming the the, the kind of the worst, right? Yeah. Um and now I go, yeah, if you're you know, if you're up at like 10,000 feet, you never know what the weather's gonna do. But that's so that's true. fine. So then I have like a, a good rain shell and I have some, you know nylon pants or whatever polyester pants you know like i have the stuff i need if i need it but the rest of the time it's fine i mean it takes a while to get to that point i suppose but i've gone to a cotton back uh cotton sleeping bag if i'm car camping um i've gone to uh you know for the most part i wear a hemp jacket now when i'm out and about if i don't if it's not going to be brutally cold um because it's just easier to just i can wear it wherever i go i don't really I'm not going to rip it up it, it's going to last forever i like how it looks better i don't wear down that much anymore i oddly enough i wear down like around town
0: but right like it's I'm easy like out, to throw on and yeah it's easier to throw yeah. on
1: but like if i'm out somewhere where i'm going to be lighting fires and cutting wood and fishing and climbing over stuff like i don't really want a synthetic down jacket because i'm going to rip it up
0: i think this uh, is just another you know downside of that okay we're going to market everything based off of this incredibly high performance you know yeah. high high you know we're gonna gonna it, it might not be new but we're going to pretend like it's new and then also there's just no like, hey man, it's okay to to try a few different things. I mean, I guess if you're going to default to a position, then sure, you you're know that you're going to be in good shape if you're wearing all the yeah synthetic high end stuff. And we're not even going to get into the sustainability aspect of it today. That's that's a, another, point. Yeah. we can do that one on a future podcast. But, you know, it's that just t- take for a minute, think what you're going to be, what you're going to do and, you know, a, adjust accordingly. You know, now if if you come down to, um, you only have a limited amount of money, or you know, and you and you want to do certain things, then yeah, maybe your baseline kit is a lot of synthetic stuff that you can just you know deploy in a lot of different ways. But I think for, I don't know, eighty percent of the stuff that I do these days, you know, I can wear a cotton t-shirt and almost all of it and it's okay you know and and i think that's kind of the again that nuance like where is that conversation happening why why i would love to see brands leading that conversation not if you're exclusively into synthetics like to to try and introduce a lot of cotton stuff but just sort of hey man it's about the experience it's about you know what are Mm -hmm. you getting by going out here and we're enabling it that experience right Mm -hmm. like why is that a hard conversation to have and i think fashion drives us as much as performance you know if there's if you're a cyclist, this is the way you're supposed to look. I mean, if you're if you're a thru hiker, you can't wear that cotton hoodie. What are you doing, sure. right? That yeah. kind of thing. So I think you know, and I I wanted to, I asked you I texted you over the week. How important are brands like you know Ripton and Co. Ripton and yeah. Company uh, to break these age old paradigms, right? Mm-hmm. I think they're they're doing really interesting things.
1: Well, I I uh, I don't remember if I even replied to that, but I do have I do have Ripton. You're I got, a fan, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I mean, yeah. I I um. Part of that's because uh, one of the people that got me into uh, mountain biking is my sister-in-law. She was a competitive mountain biker on a, a, a team called Team Jorts. And they they wore uh, cutoff shorts for, on, at their races. And I was like, that's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> and so when I first started getting into mountain, bi- mountain biking – I kind of got into it. Plus, you know, I live in Marin County and so there's, you know, like a lot of the old shots of, of like where it all began as students in Fairfax in 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 cut, cut off 501s shorts. or whatever. Like, well, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. but a lot of it comes down to, I don't want to own eight different like articles of clothing for the same activity, like a few activities. So like I can wear cut off denim shorts and it's perfectly fine. Like on my bike, granted they're, you know, performance denim, they have some, they have some materials. We yeah. can talk about that later, but, but uh, you know, Still, and I and also around town, and it's fine, you know. And that's like, I don't know yeah. really where my hiking pants anywhere unless I'm gonna go hiking because they look stupid. I mean, the like, companies haven't really figured out how to make like hiking pants that don't look ridiculous yet. Like, so for the most part, you know, it's like, okay, fine, I'll wear these when I'm out somewhere where I think for some reason a hiking pants gonna move them. It's cold, you know, if I'm backpacking and it's cold, I'll wear pants. So, like, all right, right. I got my hiking pants for that. I just, I just like the idea of, of being able to wear the same thing for no matter what I'm doing. You know, I hate right. like driving to the trail somewhere and then getting out having to change clothes into my actual like hiking or backpacking stuff and it's like yeah you know you're fine you're fine yeah
0: well a shout out to my brother who likes to wear his like Columbia zip off hiking pants like just out and about and I'm like man
1: you know jeans look good if you're going to the grocery store you know yeah god bless him he he always looks like he's coming off the off a hike you know but he doesn't like the hike that's an interesting
0: (laughs) but um I, and I don't know how we inform consumers, right? Because I mean, brands and brands and retailers are sort of the primary point of contact with consumers. You know, and brands are the ones who inform retailers about their products. I would think you know, outdoor media would be a good place for some of this. But a lot of publications rely on the outdoor brands to advertise with them. So it's rare when you get a gear review that really takes a stand or is strongly critical. At the same, or you know, but honest like like you, well, you mentioned the uh, the hemp jacket you've been wearing and you just reviewed it, right? And it was like, and it was the, yeah. and there were a few buzzwords in there too. Like I don't need to wear you know, I can wear this in lieu of a, of a down coat and it's really comfortable and like more, like, I just gonna be more comfortable wearing this, you know, and when cotton kills is still a thing and new product lines are claiming to have seen, you know, to have never seen before technical benefits. I don't know. It seems the only road to travel is the same one that you and I have traveled, you know, for the last 15 or 20 years. Um, and then you figure it out like we did, and then it's okay to bike in some jorts. I mean, I don't know how, what, what would you like to see change in the future? Is, is there something that seems like this is an obvious miss that could be the consumers can rely on, or is it just, you got to do it like we did it. And eventually you'll realize it too.
1: I think it's probably that. I mean, honestly, there's a reason that I've come to <laughs> it's this. It's a bummer
0: ending of the podcast.
1: It's, well, I mean, there's a reason that like this stuff occurred to me when I'm in my forties and not in my twenties, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it is probably a certain degree, uh, a journey you have to make. I remember once, um, uh, encountering like a big group of backpackers uh you know i can't remember how long this was but um and like the, the there was a bunch of like young dudes in their 20s and then someone's dad and he had like a big old external frame pack and uh big just cat like bowling ball calves I and mean, i think he was wearing like timberland work boots or whatever nice and you see him and i'm in meet like we're it's like one of those things where we're at a junction and we're all like chatting you know and it's like i yeah. see him and then i see the dudes with like their you know granite gear packs um and their ultras on their feet or whatever and i'm like oh hey where are you guys coming like what's the you know like what's what's the conditions like like these guys are obviously the ones who know what they're doing no <laughs> not was, at all it was frank over was, here give like, me the dwarf yeah who was like who knew i mean he like knew that era. he didn't even have a map like he's been back there so many times he's like oh we came over that peak and then we came from this direction we're gonna go over there blah, 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 whatever and like and he was like way fastest hiker of all of the people uh and it was just and i remember thinking like huh that's, what well, does he not know about, does he not know about synthetic, like, like does he, does this guy somehow not realize that my backpack oh, he weighs knows. six pounds and his weighs 15. Like, does he not like, and, and, you know, that was one of the first moments where I was just like, God, I guess it, you kind of can just do what you feel like, you know, it, but that's right. hard, man. That's hard. Like, it's so hard. Like we all kind of respect the dudes that are doing it on their own. Right. With that have their own. Yeah. Sort of, and but it's really hard to get to that point. But I mean, that guy probably went through a phase. I and mean, for all I know, that external frame backpack was the vaporware of, of like 1986. Like, I don't know, you know.
0: Yeah, I um, probably should give consumers more credit and people more credit that eventually will get there. I just it just gets under my skin when you have a little bit of inside knowledge and you see the way people kind of go about it. It's like, well, why? you know, come on, this is not true. Like, but whatever, everybody has to make a buck. It's the world we live in. And, you know, that's kind of the playbook that we've been running off of since, you know, 1974 or whatever, that it's probably tough to change.
1: Well, not, okay. So not, it's not always the case. Um, I think I've mentioned this company before, but maybe not. And I hate to just give them free marketing, but, um, uh, my good friend owns Feral wetsuits and they're a, they're a small wetsuit company based out of the Bay area. And their whole thing is like, They use the highest quality rubber that you can get this Yamamoto rubber. um, And uh, that's it. That's, that's their, that's their technological breakthrough, right? They just use the best rubber. And so they don't, you know, if you go and shop for like a wetsuit, now you're going to get hit in the face with a, you think like, you think like jackets or whatever, have like or Gore-Tex has a lot of fancy terms. Like go, go look for a wetsuit. Like every company that makes them makes their own sort of fancy, fuzzy liners with weird names on them. Some of them have like thermal imagery. So like, I mean, You'd think they have, like, some of them, well, they used to actually play around with putting heaters in the wetsuits, but you'd think these wetsuits had heaters in them or some sort of, like, space-age material that somehow just generates heat. They don't. It's just their own, you know, it's all the same whatever fabric that I don't even know what it's supposed to do because mostly it doesn't work, right? But right. their their point of the story, though, is that Farrell's marketing thing is we don't put a sh- bunch of crap in our wetsuits. It's the best rubber. It's well-made. That's it. Like, that's it. Like, we don't, yeah. we're not putting it, we're not pumping it full of a bunch of, Technological crap. Like, we don't need to because it's doesn't mean anything. And they want to speak for themselves. So, I don't know why you couldn't have brands that do that. I mean, that would speak to me. Maybe that's like what Filson's doing or whatever. You know, like, Filson's not really marketing themselves as like a fast and light, like, get out there and move forward for the company, but they are marketing themselves as like, all right, this stuff is super well made. It's going to last you forever. Yeah. It's a heritage, right? It's like we've been doing it. like Yeah. yeah And like, but again, that might be an aging thing, right? Like, that speaks to me now in a way I don't think it would have when I was 25 years old. But but, um, but I, I, I would that's what I would do if I was starting a brand. I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever had a conversation with someone who loves the fact that every brand every year has new products. Like, I don't who who likes that, yeah. And,
0: and like, you know, again, just to use Rab as an example, like, you know, if you're you want to launch this line and you've got to, you know, that's an that in 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 of itself as an investment, and and yeah. when people say what are you going to do with it, how are you going to make sure it hits? Like, well, again, this is the playbook, right? We talk about just how great it is and how it's going to blow people away and how it's going to perform. Yeah. So I I get the the almost unwritten rules that that's just what you do. Um. But to your point, like about a Patagonia who sort of eschews that to say, well, no, we're an environmental brand. Like we're doing, we're making stuff in order to help a problem, um, which you can pick that apart if you like. But it's a It's at least different, you know, and it Mm -hmm. kind of stands apart in a way. It's like, no, 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 you're going to get good quality. We're going to stand by everything we make. We're going to make the best stuff. um, But we're really all about this. I just think, I think, you know, the industry could use more of that.
1: There was an article in New York Times, something, some, some, some New York Times, New Yorker, or something like that. Uh, One of the, one of the three media things I read that aren't outdoor based uh, talking about the, um, the new, the new, like, buzzword amongst like corporate America is premiumization. Have you heard this before? No. So the idea is that we figured out, we meaning, you know, the collective sort of world figured out that people will always pay more for something if it's perceived as like luxurious or, or something like that. It doesn't matter what it is. If you think
0: the valence line from Arcteryx is that much better than the regular Arcteryx line, it's not. You know, it's like, if they're using Gore-Tex, they're using Gore-Tex, you know what I mean? So genius move, you know, let's create a premium line of Arcteryx garments that are twice the uh, the amount of a normal Arcteryx jacket,
1: but it's but somehow, kind of all, yeah, yeah. It doesn't have twice the cost because they make more from it. I mean, that, that right. might be something learned from the car. I mean, the car industry has been doing that for at least a decade. I mean, right. that's a big, big thing. Yeah, Lexus and So and maybe Toyota. that's part of it too. I mean, yeah. that's not to say, like I'm thinking about, but you know, like p uh mountain bike, Component company started Mm -hmm. making apparel a couple years ago and their stuff, their stuff's great, right? Like it's, you know, I haven't worn every mountain bike jacket out there, but like they're, they're doing some nice stuff and they're not really touting their materials. It's just like, okay, this jacket's like thicker than most mountain bike jackets. So you can wear it when it's like rainier and colder and it's pretty comfortable. And like, Mm -hmm. I wear it when I'm not riding my bike, which is pretty rare for like cycling gear. Um, it and it's is, like yeah. that's cool. Like it was like a, it's a different kind of fit. It's a different kind of cut. It serves a different purpose. And like that, I'm all for that. But I don't know how far you can go. I mean, what are they going to do next year, right? Like y- you kind of did that. So
0: it's it's a truly a, a brand play. And there there the are Rab consumers out there who will love it for for cycling. I think it's like you and I right now could start an apparel line and not have to design anything. It's just kind of like we, there there are plenty of full service options out there. Like hey, we mm-hmm. want to do a cycling line or a or, or a backpacking yeah. line. We want these three or four silhouettes. We want it to perform this way and they'll go source and design and everything. And all we're end up doing is picking colors. Like it is your new car.
1: Yeah. And we're and, just branding and, it. Yep.
0: Right. And so, um, but if you're, you know, PMW components uh, brand, if you like that brand and they come out with their own apparel line, whether they, I'm not su- I'm not suggesting they did it that way, but whether they did it, or could they have, didn't, it could
1: be fully like a white label thing. I have no idea, you know,
0: or yeah. they could have, they could have a whole design uh, you know, apparel team. Um, but, you're gonna it's it's a brand that you're attracted to right and so you know i
1: think the key i think though as we're talking about this and i'm thinking about it especially as somebody who fields pitches all the time is like that's like that's just not going to be the important part for the most part unless somebody comes across with something that is truly freaking mind-blowing and revolutionary and like right so that's not like i'm not like rab stuff is really good like it is I, rab stuff is fantastic I love their and stuff. like so it's not it's it's not like a like the brands are are, are making a mistake here i think it's just right. that um I just don't think that that's the important part. And I, I I don't, you know, if it if it works it works and and that's really all that all that matters. We don't need to be touting the the things that nobody really appreciates and understands.
0: Now, the thing I take issue with is kind of what it boils down to is that you're it's just we're, we're marketing things like because that's the way we market things. It's a we're in this mm-hmm. world where we have things that work. Let's talk about experience. I think there's other ways to attract people to to your brand um whether it's rap or somebody else. And then it's also kind of it goes back to the where's it is a nuanced conversation it's like there are certain things like fibers and cotton and everything that you can wear and certain things that just it doesn't
1: doesn't get talked about
0: right it's just like no no no, you can't do that yeah it's like well, well wool, like, wool's we making a
1: the, like wool's kind of a wool's very yeah. sexy right now like wool is, is super sexy and but it's expensive yeah it is i mean i'm getting pitches now for like for wool down i think maybe oh they're mi-
0: mixing them together
1: yeah and like uh so like i you know like i love wool i'd wear wool all the time for everything if i could and so but you, you know, gotta
0: grow sheep you got it's a natural it's, fiber yeah. there's things that go with it you know so it's never going to become as cheap as you know oil polyester
1: well that's the thing man it's like do you think that there are do you think there are people right now listening that are gonna be listening to this that are like in just enraged that we don't <laughs> appreciate the benefits of like some of the <laughs> like fibers or whatever that we're that we're forgetting what they're called like you idiot like how do you not gore tex infinium versus gore tex black is just oh. like like they're just like screaming at their radios because we don't quite appreciate that and maybe they're right like w- we might just be dolts like i don't
0: well i, don't I, I will say that like I, the compliment i paid all of it is that it it, it all works yeah. the way people say that it works but it, it all has worked for a very long time yeah, that's, and that's, that's yeah. the point I'm trying to come back to is it's like, you know, even, you know, even, fleece is not that different really than it was, you know, 30 years ago. Like, it's just, maybe there's we found ways to make it cheaper, lighter, decontented to make it, you know, like you can make even cheaper versions of it, all that stuff. Um, and there's be, recycled will, versions of it and stuff like that, but it's not really that different.
1: They so. should, there should be a brand that makes stuff that might fail, right? <laughs> and that's kind of their whole... Like, we don't know. This might not work. Like, Or you know what? Like, We're pretty sure that like 20% of these jackets are not going to be waterproof. We don't know which ones. That'd be amazing. But we're cutting all kinds of corners. Or we're just using <laughs> stuff that we think might be waterproof. I don't know. We'll put some wax on this. It's like the this.
0: Hunger Games of outdoor gear. Yeah, like, you, I mean, you might
1: come back from your trip. We don't know. I think about this sometimes when I see like pictures of um, like dudes on top of K2 or Everest, you know, and they're in those like moon suits. Yeah. I mean, when I was on K2, I wasn't wearing that sort of stuff. I wore... I didn't go to K2 you had um, your
0: your, uh, jorts on (laughs) yeah
1: jorts and some bedrock sandals I'm good
0: All right. well I don't think we solved anything today I don't think we did I think basically we came to the conclusion that you too can have all the knowledge as these two 40 year old men on this podcast if you go out there and and use a bunch of stuff and get out there Uh, but I do think we can say that outdoor brands should, should do better we can say that
1: yeah, I guess it turns out aging really is the secret to, to, to wisdom. Because we're very we're very wise, very wise, very wise. All right, hey Justin, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me. Look forward to uh, coming back. All
0: right, buddy. All right, that's our show for today. I wanna thank Justin Hausman for again, helping me kick off the week in the right way. If you work at Rab or you're in product marketing or a leader at another outdoor brand and wanna weigh in on this topic, I wanna hear from you. Please reach out and drop us a note at myrockfight at gmail.com. We have a great week of content on the way. Tomorrow's episode puts a spotlight on workplace culture. We of course have a new hot take coming on Wednesday and a new outdoor movie review coming at the end of the week. The outdoor content trade just keeps rolling here on The Rock Fight, so be sure to subscribe or follow along so you don't miss a thing. Thanks for listening. I'm Colin True. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight, LLC.